This is the Bob Long Sports Podcast. Google me. That's why I don't read the newspaper. You can put it on the board. You cannot be serious. Are you kidding me? What a sensational goal for Gianni Henri. Expect anything different? Well, 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 championship week is upon us. Welcome to the Bob Long Sports Radio Show, and it's here on BLS. I am your host, Bob Long, and we have a great show coming for you tonight. We have a few of our great correspondents coming on. Excited to hear from them over the course of the show. Wade Brogdon out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Kevin McClernand out of Colorado, and we're going to talk almost exclusively college football playoff tonight. And and why not? Because it's the story in sports right now. It's it's really the most captivating theatrical thing that's out there at this point because you have so many teams that have, whether you argue it's a legitimate claim or not, teams that believe that they are deserving or can play their way into the top four teams in college football and into one of the two bowl games that will lead to the eventual national championship game in Tampa, Florida. And let's stop or I guess we'll start with the top 10 and we'll figure out where we stop here. Where does the buck end and where does, when you get to 9, 10, 11, is it earlier than that? That no matter what happens, they're mathematically eliminated. There's no way into the title game. Alabama, 12-0 and this year. They start off uh, their postseason play in the SEC championship against Florida on Saturday at 4. Ohio State University was ranked number 2, 11-1 on the year. Clemson at 11 and 1, their only loss to Pittsburgh this year, close games against Louisville and certainly against Auburn earlier in the season. Washington 11 and 1, the only loss against Southern California. Southern Cal, the Trojans have rebounded, we'll catch them later in the top 10 or I guess even past that. They're number 11 at 9 and 3 and we'll talk a little bit about them whether they have a shot. Where it really gets interesting though after Washington the previous number three team in the country, the Michigan Wolverines, played the Ohio State Buckeyes this weekend in the shoe, lost that football game in overtime. They're 10-2, and two, two of the last three they've lost to Iowa on the road, a win against Indiana in a snowy environment, and then the Ohio State loss. Next is Wisconsin, 10-2. and two. Quality win over LSU, and their rebound in the second half of the season led by Ed Orgeron really helps Wisconsin, gives them the quality win they otherwise may not have. Penn State at 10-2, and losses to Michigan and Pitt in the first four weeks of the season. Those two losses came, and they've won every game since, including eight straight in the Big Ten. They will face off in the Big Ten championship game, and the question is, will that game matter? We'll dive right into it here, and the phone number to call in, 215-622-7239. But let's dive right into that game. Michigan, number five. Wisconsin number six, Penn State number seven. And the talk all week has been, can one of those two teams still jump Michigan? And I understand the thought process of Penn State fans, and there's a thought that, well, 
since Michigan is put in front of Wisconsin and Penn State, and because Penn State and Wisconsin both lost to Michigan, there's no way above them. Michigan will deserve the chance to play in the college football playoff with a Washington or Clemson loss. And I understand why. A 39-point loss by Penn State, a 7-point loss by Wisconsin. You're going to hear this a lot over the course of the show and the course of the selection committee over the next few days that beginning of the season, end of the season, what's the difference? Do you consider injuries? Penn State was missing three linebackers. Another one went down during the game, or shouldn't say down, but out. A targeting call that was a misfire in the Big Ten set as such. It was a bad call that ejected the the next linebacker for the Penn State Nittany Lions. So they're without essentially six. They ended up playing without six of their starting 11 defensive players in that game. Not completely absolving the loss, but that led to a big part of the reason that it was so convincing. And again, the improvement of this Penn State team. I mean, on October the 1st at 1.30 p.m., Penn State is trailing 13-3 against Minnesota, about to go 2-3, and and people are thinking, oh my gosh, this might be it for James Franklin and clearly it for the Penn State football season. Well, they rally, they win that game in overtime, they come back the very next week at home, beat Maryland by 24 points, take a week off, and shock the world against Ohio State. That really put this Penn State football team on the map. And since then, they haven't lost a, or shouldn't want, they haven't lost a game at all. They haven't even won a game by less than a 10-point differential. And so what does all this mean? Can Penn State jump Michigan even though Michigan has beaten them? Well, here's what I look at, right? There's two losses apiece, 10-2, and two, the same record. Wisconsin will throw into this as well. Michigan lost two of those games in conference and two of them in the last three weeks. So if you're talking about or thinking about getting three teams in for the Big Ten, I would forget that right now. Ohio State looks to be in. We'll talk about them as well, whether that's warranted, but let's assume they're in. It's either Michigan or the winner of the Big Ten championship game. That's the way I see it. I cannot see that going any other way. Now, two losses, Clemson and Washington, you start to talk about something like that, but then I think you're talking about even an Oklahoma team that's way back at nine. Can they win a game in Bedlam against Oklahoma State? How much does that jump them? What happens to an idle Michigan? But let's get back to the East. Michigan and Penn State compete in the same division. Yes, they have the same record. Yes, Michigan beat Penn State. But Michigan has two losses in the Big Ten to Penn State's one. Had Michigan not lost to Iowa and they lost to Ohio State, what you would have is Michigan with one loss, Penn State with two losses. That would actually be the tiebreaker in order to determine who would go to the Big Ten championship game. So by eliminating Penn State first, the next tiebreaker down after head-to-head, the number of total losses, then you go back to the top. Ohio State versus Michigan. Ohio State wins that game in, uh, in the regular season. They go to the Big Ten Championship game. Without that loss to Iowa, Michigan's now sitting 11-1 with a loss to one loss Ohio State, and then winning the division isn't that big a deal. They're probably in front of Washington right now, and Washington needs to do work against Colorado to even have a shot, and Colorado is out. But they did lose to Iowa. They lost on the road to an Iowa team that just the week before Penn State beat by 27. So the committee, comparable resumes. When that's the case, head-to-head and conference matchups or conference championships are what come into play. 
Well, Penn State's going to have that conference championship. They're going to have that extra win. They're going to have that same quality win that Michigan has against Wisconsin, so tick another one on for the Penn State and the Lions. And they have a win that Michigan doesn't have against Ohio State. So Michigan, yes, did beat Penn State, but the loss in two or three games, Penn State's got that big win against Ohio State. Michigan has a win against Colorado in the top ten that Penn State does not have. But the conference championship game, if it comes from Penn State and they're out of the East Division, the East Division where Ohio State didn't win, where Michigan didn't win, if there's a four-team playoff nationally where two teams out of the Big Ten East are representing the Big Ten and neither of those teams is the team that won the Big Ten East and one of those teams has two losses in conference versus the conference champion that had one, boy, that is a really, really tough sell. And frankly, I don't think... It makes any sense. So can you get two in from the Big Ten? I think you absolutely can. Got a text from one of our listeners, Tyler Freeman. He says, you know, Penn State's there's got no shot to get into this college football playoff. And the reason he believes that's the case is because he says, listen, the Big Ten isn't getting three teams in. And I agree with him. They're not getting three teams in. But Penn State has every legitimate gripe and every legitimate argument to pass Michigan in the rankings next week with a win over Wisconsin. With Wisconsin, it's a little more difficult. They lost two games this year. They were both in conference, just like Michigan. They both came against the top two teams in the East. Presumably, they would win a game against Penn State, so they'd go 1-2 and two to even have this conversation about Wisconsin or Michigan. They'd go 1-2 and two against the three top teams in the Big Ten East. Again, Michigan will match that win. Michigan won by a touchdown. That game was at Ann Arbor, however, for whatever that's worth. And you can say the same thing about Penn State beating Ohio State. Completely understand, but it is what it is. Michigan only has one true win outside the state of Michigan this year. And the win against Michigan State at Michigan State, yeah, it's a good win. I I understand that. But there are flaws. There are flaws in that resume. There's a game against Iowa which you cannot lose. A team that Penn State just blown out. Kinnick Stadium, Ann Arbor, Beaver Stadium. I understand that Iowa had to go to Penn State. And I understand that Michigan had to go to Iowa. That's a challenge. I get it. But if you're one of the top four teams in the country, you want to be treated as such, got to go win that football game. That takes away... By losing that game, that takes away that shroud of what you can do against Ohio State. That takes away the buffer room. That takes away all the breathing room and the space that Michigan have to trip up. So the season for Michigan, in my estimation, was not lost when they lost at Ohio State, when that fourth down play was not called. When JT Barrett was given a first down, it was decided when they let Iowa beat them, when they scored 13 points on the road. And again, remember, they were struggling with Indiana as well. So you want to talk about who's playing the best football right now. Now, I think Michigan played a really good half to three quarters of football against Ohio State, but they didn't close it out. Wilton Spate made mistakes. He was back for the first game. I get that as well. 
but you throw an interception return for a touchdown. You throw another interception that gets Ohio State back to the 20-yard line, and then you commit a stupid personal foul penalty. That's Jim Harbaugh now after an offside call that was the correct call. Tight end goes in motion, causes a defensive tackle to move across the neutral zone, and then the offensive lineman directly in front of him in the gap false starts. That's the right call. Jim Harbaugh loses a gasket, blows his helmet. Ohio State gets down to the four-yard line. So the Buckeyes scored two touchdowns in regulation in the game. The game of the year, everybody says. These two teams, wow, they're the two best teams in the country. Well, I hearken back to 2006 when everybody watched the same game and thought the exact same thing. Let's look a little deeper at this one. The Ohio State Buckeyes gained on the ground. Forget the two penalties there. The personal foul, or I should say the... the uh, the sideline infraction, Jim Harbaugh, on sportsmanlike conduct on the bench that moved him to the four-yard line. They gained four yards in their two touchdown, we'll call them drives, in regulation. A missed field goal and then a field goal late. So is this Ohio State team really that impressive? I understand the resume. 11-1, wins over Oklahoma, a win over Michigan now. A win over Wisconsin in overtime. Nebraska stinks. I don't even want to hear about it. Yeah, they blew them out by 59 points. I get that as well. So it's a great resume, and they deserve to be number two right now based on the fact that they only have one loss. But don't tell me that Michigan now needs to be given some absolution because they lost a game on the road, a game that they gave away to Ohio State after they struggled with Indiana last week. After Ohio State struggles with Michigan State the week prior, I mean, they win that game by one point because Michigan State doesn't get the two-point conversion. There would have been more time left. Ohio State, in theory, could have driven down the field. But the point is, Michigan State had a legitimate chance to take the lead with five minutes left in that football game. Penn State comes out of halftime, outscores Michigan State by 35 points. This is not an argument to put Penn State or Wisconsin or anybody else above Ohio State. I think they're deserving of number two. I think they're absolutely in. We've written about this on Bob Long Sports for weeks now. I've said a one-loss Ohio State team in convincingly over Penn State because they deserve it. They do not have a comparable resume. One loss is a big deal in college football. You only play 12 regular season games. A team with one more loss than somebody else, I understand the schedule strength as well, but that's a big deal. But that said, don't tell me that there's this wide differential. And Kirby Hocutt said just as much. And just a little bit of transitive property work, of deductive reasoning from the listener or the viewer of that show. If you're a Penn State fan or a Wisconsin fan, gives you concern. Because of these two things he says, Ohio State and Penn State, yes, there's a significant difference between the two, he said. And then he says, Washington and Michigan have a razor-thin separation. Prior to that, they're saying they're watching the game, and that was an impressive display. And Ohio State looks really, really good. So just with a little bit of deductive reasoning, you can see the concern on the part of the Penn State fan base. You can see the concern because they believe that Michigan is lopped fairly similarly to Ohio State. Kirby Hocutt, Texas Tech Athletic Director, chairman of the selection committee says Michigan is just about in the top four you know any slip up for Washington or hell who the hell knows if they barely beat Colorado 
because we have no idea what type of rank or validation they give to conference championships. If Washington beats Colorado, remember our common opponent from Michigan by two points, and they look back and say, Michigan, wow, they beat Colorado by 17 points. That was convincing. Man, I would put my money on the Huskies. But I wouldn't want to be a Huskies fan sitting there on Sunday. That's the flip of a coin. Maybe a coin with a little bit more weight on the Huskies side. But that's a flip of the coin because you just have no idea how this selection committee works. And it's really a shame because I think it's pretty cut and dried. The top four teams right now, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Washington. If the three of them that are playing win, save Ohio State, who's idle, they should be in, period. Period. They should be in. Michigan should not be considered. Kirby Hocutt doesn't need to go into detail about how Michigan and Washington are so close and they stood over it for two hours. What the hell are you taking two hours for? Washington has one loss. Michigan has two. Michigan's lost two of their last three games. Ohio State, while they played great defense that day, were handed that football game by Michigan. I think Michigan, all else equal, is a better team than Ohio State. But what you can't do is throw two interceptions, one of which back for a touchdown, one of which gets Ohio State essentially starting at the four-yard line. You can't fumble the ball on the one-yard line when you're about to go up 10. You can't do those things and get a pass. And that's what Michigan appears to be getting from the committee right now. Very talented team, perhaps on any given day, one of the top four, perhaps so. But if you look at the last couple games... Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, take it as you will. Michigan, a loss to Iowa, a 10-point win against Indiana when they trailed in the third quarter, a loss at Ohio State. Ohio State, yes, they crushed Nebraska and Maryland, but then a one-point win at Michigan State. An overtime win against Michigan where the storyline, the lead is being buried. They were anemic offensively, anemic It's a great win for the program, great win for Urban Meyer. They deserve to be in the top four. Doesn't mean that I can't and you can't objectively go back to that football game and say Ohio State's offense was embarrassing for large stretches of it. Because it was. The only true touchdowns they scored, the interception return, the four-yard score, and then two drives where they start at the 25. Congratulations. Penn State, a 14-point win against Indiana, 39-0 against Rutgers. They, they're really horrible. I would throw that out completely. Don't worry about that. 45-13 to against a good Michigan State team that ran into some bad luck this year, a team that took Ohio State to the brink. Before that, a win against Iowa, 41-14. to I mean, that's what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about how the teams are playing right now. And what I'm saying is to put Michigan State over a Penn State Big Ten champion would be a joke. I mean, it would be an absolute joke. And it would cause me to believe that the system needs to be blown up completely. Let's go to the phone lines. 215-622-7239 is the number to call in. And right now we have... Tyler, Tyler on the phone. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Bob. Good. How are you? Doing well, my friend. What's on your mind this evening? So, um, last night I was a little surprised that Michigan was at four 
Um, it's five. I'm sorry, but I wasn't totally surprised by that. And um, I think why I wasn't surprised is because, you know, as you said, they pretty much gave Ohio State that game. And along with what you said, that doesn't give them a free pass. And that seems to be what's going on right here that, um, you know, Michigan's been dominant all year. And um, but the last two to three weeks, they've been anything but dominant. And you could really argue the same thing with Ohio State. And compare uh, with all the three Big Ten East teams, Penn State included, you could very much argue that Penn State is the hottest team in the Big Ten East right now. And um, I want to I want to th- hear what you have to think about that. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I agree that Penn State is the hottest team uh, completely right now. I, I think you look at the games that I just rattled off for you. I don't know how you can argue differently uh, in terms of Michigan being number five. I also. I also am very uh, understanding of that. And on the surface, Tyler, I, I have no problem with it. I think they deserve to be the number five team in the country this year. What, right. my, what at, these, at least at this juncture. What I have an issue with is Kirby Hocutt coming on to the show last night and essentially saying, and I know he can't give anything away and he can't look forward, and that's a tough part of the job. But what you really shouldn't be going on there and saying is highlighting that Washington and Michigan are so, so close. It's razor thin. I mean, does that lead me to believe, like I said before, that if Washington beats Colorado by one point, by two points, that they could look back at Michigan and say, wow, now we have a comparable sample here. Michigan blew out Colorado. Washington beat them by one. We don't give a crap about conference championships, and we put Michigan in. I mean, that is almost the tone that I heard from him last night. Maybe that's too much to a sign to what he was saying, but yeah, you could be right. And, and the problem I have with all this is you'd be taking the third place team out of the division. Um, two of their, two out of their, um, I'm sorry, the last three games they played, they lost twice. So it's not like they're coming in hot. I mean, obviously I think, you know, I, I do agree that they are better than Ohio state. I really do agree upon that. But another problem I have is, um, with the head to head, I understand Penn State's not going to get in over Ohio State. It wouldn't be like, okay, Penn State's in, assuming they win Saturday, they take Ohio State's spot. Ohio State is safe. But the problem that I have right now is that um, they they don't really give Penn State the benefit of the doubt for beating Ohio State head-to-head. But then they come in and say, oh, well, Michigan beat Penn State by – 39 or whatever it was all the way back in week four. And I get that they were definitely the better team at that time. And this isn't the committee really saying that it's more of the analysis guys that are out there saying that. Um, But I just, I feel like Penn state is kind of being shortened here on the uh, stick, if you will. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Let's say that Ohio state had, let's say that Ohio state had lost that game. Right, and so we're looking now at ten and two for Ohio State, eleven and one for Michigan, and ten and two for Penn State. So, I, I guess what we're looking at there is: do you go back to the head-to-head and say, you know, Penn State in it over Ohio State? You probably do, but that's also because that game happened a lot more recently. 
an Ohio State team that if that game just goes the other way is remembered not for Ohio State's historics but because their offense was brutal and that's the last image you have of that Ohio State team. So because they won that game, yes, they are safe, but I think they also really got away with one because now you have what I believe is a stronger two-loss Michigan team than the two-loss Ohio State team would have been. And I think that's the only reason we're even having this discussion. Right. And then another another issue I'm having, um, obviously, I'm a little biased towards Penn State, but um, I don't think they're, you know, I don't think they're getting any credit for Ohio State only beat Michigan State by one and Penn State yep. just beat them by 33. Penn State beat Iowa, like you said, by 27. Michigan lost to them. And it still seems like. The, I just keep hearing, oh, the eye test. Ohio State passed the eye test. I mean, what is, for one, what is the eye test, and how are they passing it with flying colors? Because I've watched a couple of their last games, and their offense is, has been awful, and JT Barrett can't hit a wide-open receiver. I'm just, I guess I, I'm just not seeing whatever this eye test is and how they're passing it so easily. I, I completely agree, Tyler. And a lot of it is narrative, right? It comes down to narrative versus X's and O's, and uh, we can start to get into the, the, the value of the committee itself and, and how well of a job they're doing. You know, I think they actually came, like I said, to the right decisions this week, but how they explained themselves and Kirby Hocutt being the, the mouthpiece for it, I found to be, in a word, embarrassing. You know, not pulling anything back there. It was embarrassing and wrong. I mean, it really puts a lot of doubt in a lot of people's minds. And not that that's necessarily the wrong thing going into the last weekend of the season. There is a theater element to this. There is an entertainment element to this. We're having radio shows about things like this for reasons uh, exactly what they want. But that said, I just don't trust that this group of 12 people is, is coming to the right decision. Uh, and I think when you talk about making a comment that Penn State and Ohio State are so far apart, which he said, two versus exactly. seven. I, I, just I just don't, don't know where that I don't get that. Yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. It, but. it doesn't make any sense. And I, and I understand, you know, Ohio State might be a better team, but uh, Penn State beat them. And, and another thing is, let's not forget, Penn State did not play that great of an offensive game at all when they beat Ohio State. That's right. Um, yeah. I know I, I, I've heard people like Kirk Herbstreit say, oh, it was a fluky win, they blocked the kick ran it back but I mean Penn you got to give Penn State's defense Penn State's defense and special teams won that game uh they sacked JT Barrett six times um and it wasn't it wasn't like Saquon Barkley just went off and ran for like 250 and four touchdowns it was a it was a grinded out type of win um but a, a question I have for you then if the Big Ten champion all right let's say Penn State wins on Saturday okay and Washington loses what who do you see getting the fourth spot in that scenario I think that that should be Penn State I believe that you look at Penn State they should be able to jump Michigan because you can't rank Wisconsin or Penn State ahead of Michigan right now uh, because I just don't think that's that would be the right decision you can't look ahead you can't assume a winner but once that win happens you have to value have to here I am saying this I truly believe that the committee should and in past cases has valued a conference championship 
and to put especially the Big Ten, which is the top conference this yeah, year. Yeah, and so and so they say. I'm still a little bit interested to see how the bowl games go, and I think that's right. kind of been accepted as fact by a lot of people. Certainly, may be right. true. I I just want to see it in the postseason. But yes, I mean, for all intents and purposes, looks like it should be the best conference, and you're going to leave the winner of that conference out and put two teams in. Within that same division, and this isn't a Florida versus Alabama thing if Florida pulls off the magical, this isn't leaving out a three-loss team and, uh, or putting in a three-loss team, leaving out a one-loss team. This is putting in another two-loss team that had one full, discrete, more loss in conference than the eventual conference champion. You're going to put that team and another team from that same division into the college football playoff. Can't see it. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, and plus Penn State beat Ohio State and Michigan did not. You'd have to think that would help their case too, that sure. Penn State beat the number two team in the playoff and Michigan yep. did not. Yep, and, um, and obviously, you know, we'll close on this, but obviously Michigan fans are going to say, well, we beat them by 39 points, and there is something to that. Obviously that was a long time ago. They don't care about that, but it was. And, and I think the college uh, or the conference championship is what makes the difference. Okay, and then I I just have two last quick questions for yep. you. Washington, Colorado, I don't know much about either team. I've seen them both play for a total of maybe a half this year. Does Colorado have any chance to win this game? I'll tell you what. I I don't see it personally. I've seen Colorado play more than a few times this year. I've seen a lot of their football. They just strike me as a black team that had an okay schedule. Uh, caught teams at the right time, you know. Lost to USC, and uh, and I think you're going to see the Pac-12. Again, I could come with my tail crawling between my legs eventually, but the Pac-12 just not being a phenomenal conference. Colorado found a good year to get in and get some wins, and uh, I just did not watch them at Folsom Field this year at any point or elsewhere and say. Man, that's a really good team. So I think Washington has a really good shot to win that game, and it's unfortunate. Okay, and and I think that Clemson should handle business against Virginia Tech. So, I mean, it looks like Penn State uh, could very well be playing for the Rose Bowl, which obviously is never anything to be ashamed of, especially for everything this program's been through and the start of the season. I mean, the Rose Bowl would be a a tremendous – tremendous you know prize at the end of the season for this Mm -hmm. team and the university so i mean even if they don't get into the playoff which it's crazy that we're even talking about them possibly getting in if they win on saturday and some things happen yep um the rose bowl is obviously still an unbelievable um finish to the season and uh my last question then for you is um who do you think wins in indy on saturday night and uh and why do you think so? Yeah, I think Penn State's going to win on Saturday in Indy. I think it could be and probably will be a close game. Uh, I think what you'll see is some long, sustained drives. And, you know, is Trace McSorley going to be able to take the top off? Because you're going to see this Wisconsin team put 7-8 in the box at times and force Trace McSorley to beat him over the top. But you have two elite rushing games. Wisconsin with arguably the stronger offensive line at this point. Penn State with probably the more... Uh, athletic def- and dynamic defensive line. I think that's a matchup to watch. You know, Corey Clement, how is he going to be able to run in between the tackles? That's a key to the game. And on the Penn State side, I think you're going to see Trace McSorley be the difference in this game. McSorley's going to have to be able to get those balls off so quick and accurately as he, he does so well. But 
Uh, as long as the moment doesn't get to him, he's able to open up the field. All of a sudden, you're opening up lanes for Saquon Barkley. And, and I truly believe that that's the difference, um, you know, with a caveat that if Saquon Barkley isn't healthy, that's going to put a a very difficult strain on the Penn State Nittany Lions offense. But with Saquon healthy, I think Penn State's going to win it. And then to your other point, and uh, let you go after this, but with the Rose Bowl, you said it exactly right, but we'll confirm it for the listeners. Even though Michigan right now is ranked ahead of Penn State and Wisconsin, the winner of that game, as long as it's not picked for the Rose Bowl, is guaranteed to go to the Rose Bowl ahead of Michigan. So you're right. If You, you mean if as long as they're not picked to go to the playoff, it, they go to the Rose Bowl? That's right. As long as they're okay. not, yep, as long as they're not a top-four team, the Rose Bowl has to, in that case, pick the winner of the Big Ten. And that is not a bad consolation prize, as I mentioned earlier. I would actually – and then some people argue that might be better for Penn State rather than going in and probably getting their clocks cleaned by Alabama. But to make it to the playoff is also pretty cool. So, yeah. um, all right, Bob, well, thanks, and I'll be listening to the rest of the show. Keep up the good work. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. There you go. That's Tyler calling in, and, and good stuff from him. Right now we'll bring on – Kevin McClernand, our correspondent from Colorado. Just good timing. We had a couple calls coming in before that, and sorry we weren't able to hit them uh, at the moment. But, hey, you can call in right now. We can uh, can get both callers on the line. So 215-622-7239, that's your number to get involved. Kevin, how are you tonight? Welcome. Uh, Thanks, Bob. Um, I'm glad to talk about some college football. Hey, it's it's the name of the day right now, and it's – the most theatrical, the most dynamic, the most interesting thing going on in the sports world right now, so we're happy to have you on. So we spent the first uh, half hour plus here talking about the Big Ten, and I think we can get a little bit more commentary on that as well. We have a lot of Penn State listeners out there right now. appreciate everybody's support, but we talked a lot about the ranking of Michigan at number five this week. My thought is that that's completely appropriate at this point. Wisconsin at six, Penn State at seven. But the winner of Penn State and Wisconsin, we got a text in from listener Steve Lucking about this, so I'm going to give this to you, Kevin. The winner of that game, do you think that it needs to be done on either way, either winner, in a convincing way to pass Michigan, or by simply winning, does that winner pass Michigan and await whether the Washington Huskies lose on Friday or as we'll be finding out at about the same time, the result of the Clemson-Virginia Tech game? Well, I, I certainly think on Wisconsin's side, they, they don't need to necessarily blow out Penn State. Uh, they only lost to Michigan by seven, I believe, rather than Penn State's 39-point loss uh, to Michigan. So I think it, Penn State has more to do than Wisconsin does in that, uh, that aspect of that over Michigan. So where does the tiebreak come in then? When it comes down to comparable records and whatever Kirby Hocutt wants to say, I guess we'll find out on Sunday. But let's assume for the time being that that comparable resume takes form, and that truly is the scenario that we're facing on Sunday morning after a Penn State win. What will be more rated? What will be the higher deterrent or differentiator? Will it be head-to-head, or will it be conference championships? Because every time you hear them talk about it, when records and resumes are comparable, the deciding factors to break the tie could be head-to-head and conference championships. 
Penn State would have the conference championship. Michigan would have the head-to-head. Where do you stand on it? I, I think, like I said, in Michigan and Penn State's case, I, I take the head-to-head just because they didn't they didn't even look like they belonged in the same category in the game. And I understand it was a long time ago. It was at Michigan. But I think Michigan six. did a lot in that game to show that they were much higher than Penn State. So six defensive starters not on the field. Correct, yeah. And, and, and you, it was a much different team. But that offense against that defense just couldn't do anything. Yeah, that is true. So you go Michigan uh, I mean, over Penn State. Okay, that, that's a first. I. It's not a first. I've heard some people have that opinion. I just couldn't see it. And I think what you'd have to come to grips with, or what at least the committee would, not you, Kevin McLernan, but what the committee would have to come to grips with is the fact that they put two teams from one division into the college football playoff in the best conference in the country over another team. And this is not a three, four loss Florida team that, you know, shocks the world in the SEC championship game against an Alabama team favored by 25 points and a Florida team that has no business. This would be a Penn State team that has the same number of losses as Michigan, ended the game or ended the season winning now nine, would be nine games. And uh, depending upon how it goes against Wisconsin, but. You know they haven't won a game by less than ten points, except against Ohio State, since October the first. And and I think I'm on that side of it. If Penn State completely controls the game and win by, wins by wins pretty handily against Wisconsin, I'll put it that way. We talking if like they, a, like more than a possession, or like twenty points? I would points. say double digits. Okay, I would say double digits. Yeah, ten to fourteen would. And well, if they're it's put it not this like way. a late touchdown. The only way we disagree on that statement is if they win by nine points. So let's we'll say we're rolling together on that. By more than one possession or double digits. You know, if we'll say if they win by nine, it's a toss up. How about that? Yeah, I mean, especially Michigan's two losses in the last three games really hurts them. Um I mean if it was just two regular losses, um and they played well down the stretch, it might be a different story. Yep. Yep. Now let me ask you this, and this is really, really interesting and because you're probably going to say, well, this wouldn't be fair. Well, neither was 2014 when TCU was in the Big 12. They won a game against Iowa State 55-3. to This when they were ranked number three in the country. They dropped three spots, number six behind Baylor, behind Ohio State, who in Cardell's first game as a starter was very convincing against this same Wisconsin team in the Big Ten Championship. Ohio State moves up two spots in part because Dan Beebe and the Big 12 couldn't decide on a, quote, one true champion, which has since changed in the Big 12. So, TCU got dropped three spots when they didn't earn a conference championship when they won by 52 points. Ohio State sits at number two. They are idle this weekend. I set the stage only because I want to hear your answer as to why what happened to TCU in 2014 could not, not that it should not, but could not happen on Sunday. To Michigan or Ohio State? To, are we Ohio, to Ohio State. They're out of it. They're in it right now. Dropping three spots would put them at five. So what you could in theory yeah, I, have is the winner of the Big Ten moving in, Clemson and Washington moving up a spot each, and having four conference champions, just as they did in 2014, just as they dropped TCU that had maybe the best body of work of any one lost team in the country that year. And yes, Alabama and Oregon were one and two. 
TCU was that impressive in what I believe was a very strong conference and showed to be so. So why couldn't that happen again? I mean, in theory, it could. I, I just think the way Ohio State lost their game and the teams that they have beaten this year, um, and I guess TCU's lost in I was a, gonna in a heartbreaker say. against – Yeah, I mean, that was a, a very good game also. But, uh, I mean, fact, the teams they, that they uh, have beaten – Go, well, I, I Go was ahead. just going to say, in fact, for TCU's loss to Baylor, a really, really bad pass interference call even gave Baylor a shot, so you'd be looking at an undefeated team. And we can get with, with another team that had a, an end-of-the-game call that clearly cost them a game in just a few minutes, but uh, I was just going to add that point. <laughs> I was hoping we were going to talk about that team, but I, I just can't see it happen to Ohio State just because of their wins against the other teams that are trying to get in. Uh, I guess really the only team that they've lost to is Penn State. I mean, they have a win against Michigan, Wisconsin, and Oklahoma, who's also in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. they went to Norman and won pretty pretty handily in Norman. That's right. No, it's, it's a phenomenal win. I think, and I led the show with this, I think that Ohio State deserves it. Maybe still a little salty about TCU in 2014. That's an Ohio State team that went and won the national championship. You certainly give them credit for it. I believe TCU deserved the opportunity at the time and I think could have generated the same result as the Ohio State Buckeyes. But it just would have been or would be truly, truly karma if Ohio State dropped out three spots the way they moved up two at TCU's expense in 2014. But we can move past that. I don't see that happening. Just had to get your Well, maybe on. they should just put they should put TCU in instead of Ohio State. That <laughs> makes it fair, right? Kenny Trail Hill, man. Wouldn't you love to see him again? We both predicted in the beginning of the season, if we I did. recall correctly. We did. We, we had our quote-unquote – well, I don't know if you quoted-unquoted it, your bold predictions, but I did. And it's a good thing I quoted as my bold predictions because they didn't go so well. So – that's quite all right. But Iowa ended up being a real factor this year, not for the college football playoff, but perhaps in keeping a team out. So I can take some solace in that. But let's talk about the Big 12. Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State 9 against 10. And Oklahoma, I believe, is getting a raw deal here. I've seen Colorado play a lot. I've seen Oklahoma play a lot. I think Oklahoma has about the same caliber of defense as Colorado, which isn't phenomenal. And I think they have a top-tier offense. And they've won eight straight games. They've won every game in the Big 12 so far. They have their ninth coming up. They played a hot Houston team that can show it's, it can play with anybody, can also lose to anybody. And, uh, and Ohio State is number two right now. So why is Oklahoma not being given more respect? In fact, I predicted long ago, probably four weeks ago, that they could pass Penn State just by winning out as Penn State continued to win out and then that the Big Ten championship game could be the thing to thrust Penn State ahead of Oklahoma. Clearly I was wrong about that, and I don't really understand why. Yeah, I I think both these teams are very interesting and, and could possibly be ranked higher, but I think Oklahoma is that idle week really hurt them. They even dropped back, uh, I believe, in the football uh, college football rankings they right did. below behind Colorado. Colorado, which is a joke. I mean, it, it's a joke if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, a win against Utah at home, I, I don't think should have bumped Colorado up, but um, 
it, it should be interesting this game because I, I think either way, if if a team wins handily in this game, they could argue that they belong in the college football playoff. Hmm. So they would jump. Well, okay, let's say Washington loses or Colorado. That's an easy one. They jump that team. Then they jump the loser of the Big Ten. That would get them up to seven, if I'm doing my math correctly. Right? And then now you're looking at Michigan, Penn State, and the winner well, of the Pac-12 need, championship. They're need a, so you, and they're going to need a Clemson loss probably. That's right. Yep, so Clemson's got to lose. Virginia Tech won't be in the mix. So I think you do put the Big 12 champion ahead of Colorado. I'm sorry, ahead of Clemson. They're going to have to re-jump Colorado. So you need them to beat Washington, I would think. Because Ohio State and Alabama is in. And then they need to also jump Michigan. Yep. And it comes back to that conversation. Do they they care about the conference titles. I mean, if that team does have it, especially if it's Oklahoma going undefeated in that Big 12 yep. with an outright Big 12 championship, then uh, they would have that over Michigan. Mm-hmm. Granted, two different conferences, but they would have that conference title. So Oklahoma State, Bedlam, the other side here, Stillwater. Let's talk about them because it's very important to mention that they would be the one true champion in the Big 12, even though they would also have one loss – just like Oklahoma, the head-to-head in the years since 2014 has been changed to become the determinant of one true champion. So back in 2014, Baylor would have been quote-unquote one true champion even though they don't have the playoff game, the championship game in the conference. So Oklahoma State, they're going to jump Oklahoma, obviously, if they beat them. Do they still have that same upside, or do they have more upside? They lost to Central Michigan at home the last second desperation but, yeah. heave that shouldn't have happened, do they be considered a one-loss team? And the committee has said, they, we see they're 9-2, but we understand what happened against Central Michigan. Is it possible that they have a better resume than Oklahoma, even though they sit one spot back today? I think they do. Um, like you said, that one loss. I, I, if them and Washington both win this weekend, I think they have very similar resumes and it depends like you said if the committee considers them a one-loss team and I do uh, I remember there was a game last year too I think it was Duke, Miami uh, where they determined that the one lateral was scored but they already said Miami won the game which is exactly what happened this year the, the rest determined after the game they made their own call but if it's if it's the last play of the game I, I don't see why they can't change the call yeah I, I, I understand what you're saying I completely do And I really thought, in fact, I put an article out there, I mentioned it before in this show, put out an article weeks ago saying these are the five things that Penn State needs to happen. If they get the first three, they're just about a lock, and the last two would really put them in. And what those last two were involved Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and who won that game and who ended up being the Big 12 champion. And I was saying if Clemson lost, if Washington lost, and if Louisville lost, which they ended up doing, along with Penn State going through and winning the Big Ten, this was written after the Michigan loss to Iowa, at that point I was saying it's a coin flip between them and the winner of the Big 12. And I don't know if that can still happen or not, 
but something needs to change in the mindset of the committee. 215-622-7239 is the number to call in. 215-622-7239. We talked to Kevin McLernan, our correspondent out in Colorado right now, but for those listening, please don't be shy. You're more than welcome to call in, and we can get you on with Kevin as well. But I guess, Kevin, that's sort of my final thought on what we've talked about so far. Is there anything that you came onto this show dying to talk about? Well, I really wanted to talk about Oklahoma State, and we did. I just want to get your opinion. If it's, if it's a close game in the Big Ten and Oklahoma blows out Oklahoma State, do you think they can pass uh, the Big Ten champ? Gosh, that's so tough. That's really tough because what everybody is forgetting when they're talking about Michigan or Penn State, the conference champion versus a team that just looked very good against Penn State earlier in the year and had all the eyes on them last week in the shoe. And I've made my comments plenty clear about how anemic I thought the offense for Ohio State was and how Penn State, or I should say Michigan, gave away that football game and thereby they lose all the sympathy from me. But all that said, in the back of your mind, you got to be thinking about the fact that if you're the Big 12, you're thinking, what the hell are you all talking about? Why are you leaving us out? Why are you even possibly talking about three teams from one conference when we, a traditional, powerful conference, has an undefeated champion in conference, they lose two really strong non-conference games, and that's that. And what it comes down to is the strength or the perceived strength of the Big 12. Right? It's perceived to be a very weak conference. West Virginia was a team that with one loss nine weeks into the season was ranked number 14. What was that all about? And then Oklahoma did nothing in the non-conference to impress anybody. So with that being said, I believe that this committee would leave Ohio- Oklahoma behind a Wisconsin or Penn State winner in the Big Ten Conference. I actually do not know and kind of think that it's not the right thing to do. But I certainly understand for the Big Ten as a whole, and we're proponents, Kevin, the strength of the Big Ten means good things for the teams that that we are affiliated with in one way or another. Uh, That would be a good thing for the Big Ten. But I truly believe at the end of the day that if you told me that you're going to leave a power conference champion that was undefeated in conference out, their two losses were to a team that's number two in the country, and the second came against a team that had top ten wins, against both them and then Louisville when they beat them and they demolished Louisville, I'd say, man, that's a strong team. But I think you're seeing the same issue with Baylor in years past when Art Bryles was scheduling really, really soft in the non-conference, and clearly that was the least of his issues as we found out. But but Art Bryles never scheduled anything in the non-con. There was a stigma there. It still exists, and for better or worse, I think that would be the determinant. And the Big Ten champion would still get in over an undefeated Oklahoma team that blows out the Cowboys of Oklahoma State in Bedlam. Yeah, and whatever whatever happens this week, I think the committee is going to have a, a lot of answers and explain the deal. Yeah, completely agree. Kev, any last thoughts? Nope, that's it. I'll see you in India on uh, Saturday, Bob. Yeah, looking forward to it, my friend. See you then. There you go. It's Kevin McLernan calling in from Colorado. 215-622-7239 is the number to call in. 215-622-7239, your number to call in to the BLS Radio Show. It's been a great show so far. 
plenty of time to still get folks into this one. Let's start handicapping the conference championship games. And for those Penn Staters out there, text away, call away. That's the number, 215-622-7239. So handicapping these games Friday night, 9 o'clock p.m., Washington, a seven-point favorite against Colorado. And I mentioned this before. I, I think it would be a really tough game for Colorado to win. Just don't see them being a team that's good enough right now to beat Washington. Washington is very solid. They're the top of a very average conference, a conference that somehow has brought Southern Cal back into the conversation. And uh, and I just think by virtue of that and their matchup against Colorado, going to be very difficult. Oklahoma, a 12-point favorite Saturday, 12.30 p.m. against Oklahoma State. I think that's a game Oklahoma will win as well. Take a quick side detour. We got Ryan on the phone from Harrisburg, just a little south of State College. And what is the atmosphere in central Pennsylvania right now? Bob, it's great. I first, I got to say, you've only had Penn State fans on tonight. Is that right? I guess that's true. Uh, bias much here at Bob Walsh Sports? <laughs> Tell you what, we do everything we can to uh, to be objective, my friend, and I trust my I fans. I know you do. I'm just, I'm I, just giving you a hard time. I trust my fans and to do the same. It's great down here. People are buzzing. People I didn't even know were like the closet Penn State fans. They're coming out. Okay. And uh, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I gotta say, I've been to three games this year, home games, and uh, man, I, I was a doubter. I was, and uh, and here we are. And I, you know, I've said to a few people, tomorrow's the first of December, and we're talking about Penn State maybe making the college football playoff. I mean, isn't this wild? It's good stuff. Uh, it's good for the program. I mentioned this at the top of the show, but I think you'd appreciate this, and those that are tuning in right now would appreciate it as well. This is a Penn State team that on October the first at one thirty p.m. October first, one thirty, it was a team that was really about to give away their season about to fire their head coach and uh and here they yeah. are now you know seven wins eight wins later champions of the big 10 east and trying to get james franklin to sign a long-term extension it's truly something else absolutely i'll be i'll be completely honest with the listeners here i tweeted at left miles about halfway through the season <laughs> I, I gotta i gotta be honest but uh you know, give uh, give Coach Franklin his his uh, staff there a lot of credit. Uh, great recruiting and uh, the in game management's gotten a lot better. Um, but anyway, let's let's talk. I don't really know a lot. We've been talking about. I know Kevin was just on. I hope he's still listening because I think he was wrong on a few things. And uh, I just you know, let's hear it. Oh, Kevin. So my <laughs> one thing I, I shouted out loud in the car at was. Uh, was his his pick of Michigan getting in over Penn State, um, even if Penn State wins? Was that something that he said? Am I am I recalling that correctly? That that is a correct recollection, my friend. He said that unless Penn State blew them out, that they Michigan would get in over Penn State. See, here's here's my two cents. Can you hear me? Okay. Yep, can hear you well. We're getting so, a little bit. Was so, getting so a little my, bit of feedback, but we're good. Okay, I apologize. Um, so my, my two cents on that is, you're, you're telling me that then, at that point, you would take the yeah. conference over a team that, now again, this is all being theoretical, I'm biased, I'm a Penn State fan, you know, 
I think they're going to win this week, and I hope they win. But a team in Penn State that's going to have two top 10 victories, a team that has beaten a team that's arguably a lock for the college football playoffs, I just don't see it. I don't see it. And I understand, you know, you know, uh, Penn State's arguably one of the weaker teams, maybe, in the top 10. But they absolutely have every right to be where they are and every right to be in the conversation. I don't think Michigan, um, you know, a lot of people said the last weekend was the the de facto Big Ten championship game against Ohio State and Michigan. And Michigan lost. I mean, you know, you want to talk about head-to-head matchups. There it is. Late in the season. Yep. When they're at their quote-unquote best. So, I don't know. I have a hard time with that argument. And I know you guys are also talking about, you know, a Clemson loss and a, uh, and a and a Washington loss to maybe move Colorado. And was it Colorado that you're talking about moving up into the picture? Yep, sure. Because by, by yeah, virtue I, of Washington. I don't know about that either. Um, I, I do think Colorado is going to beat Washington. I picked that this weekend. Okay. I don't see a scenario where Clemson loses. Um, but, you know, weirder things have happened. Um, I... Yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. Anyway, I just wanted to I just wanted to give Kevin some crap right here. No, but. sure, sure. I, I I'm with you 100. percent And maybe I didn't go on the record yet. I'll go on the record right now. If Penn State wins against Wisconsin, or if Wisconsin beats Penn State, whoever wins the Big Ten, if there's a loss by Washington, the Big Ten champion in one. gets in over Michigan. Wait, you think you think they're over in over Michigan? Is that that's right. Yep. Yep, I agree with you there. I agree with you. And, you know, I don't know who's going to win on Saturday in the Big Ten Championship. It's definitely the biggest conference championship, um, you know, in recent history as far as implications go. And not even arguably the two best teams in the conference are playing. Sure. So, But I do think whoever wins the game, especially if Washington loses, should absolutely be in the college football playoff. So it is why... hands down... Let me ask you this. Why especially if Washington loses? What about Clemson? What about their game makes that different? Because I think that the committee um, has sort of set a precedent this past few weeks. Um, Washington was in the top four. They lost to USC, and they continue to be in the top four. Clearly, they see something in that team um, that has kept them there. And well, that's, I think well, that's going not into true. championship week... That's not true. Washington was in, was number five last week. Okay, excuse me. I, I guess my point is that, um, but they've stayed know, up. Going there, into is what the, you're going saying. The, losses haven't hurt I, them that yes, much. Yes, I think any team. Obviously, Ohio State's not playing. I think. I think that if uh, Clemson or um, Washington lose either one, I think they're out. Yep, I um, agree. I think Ohio State could shift as low as three. I don't think that they would shift to the four spot at this point. Okay. Um, I think that's you know? fair. I think that's um, very fair. And, uh, Which at that so, point, yeah, I, who the hell cares? I, just, I, mean, I, think, I think if Washington loses, they're out. I think yep. if Clemson loses, they're out. Bottom Agreed. line, period. End Agreed. of story. Um, and I just... I'll be honest, I would just be extremely puzzled. And it, it is frustrating a little bit as a fan. Like, you know, you, you like the ambiguity of the committee and the decisions and you like the debate, but there's also not a lot of precedence. You know, there's not a lot of, well, I think they're going to do this because they value X more than Y. You know what I mean? Yep. We haven't, you know, there's, it's not 
public necessarily what they're doing. And to be completely honest with you, I think it's changed from year to year what they weight more than other things. Well, and that's true. So, you, have, you have different committee members. You have different chairs, right? It went from Jeff Long, now Kirby Hocutt, and you had, it, when it goes to basketball, you've seen different folks. I mean, Mike Slive has done different things with the NCAA and then taken a back seat. I mean, these people are changing. And so you're right. The human element – yeah, does change from year to year. Yeah. So, and you know, that, that being said, I just, I will be perplexed if Wisconsin or uh, Penn state do not make the college football playoff, you know, and period, you know, do or... they deserve to be there over or, Oh, not necessarily period it, with a loss, right. a loss with yep. three or four losing. Yep. It would, it would blow my mind. I'm with you. hundred percent. I mean, that's, that's um, exactly right. I, I would be blown away yeah. as well. And it would really, I think, get to the point where the committee and college football as a whole would need to do a little bit of soul searching because what you'd, event, you'd, you'd have is a conference sending two teams ahead of its champion, the champion of which had no more losses than the team that got in second from that same conference. Yep. This isn't a Florida beating Alabama. I've mentioned that a couple times. You know, this wouldn't be a Virginia Tech beating Clemson either, even. And then Virginia Tech, you know, not getting in. They would have no beef, no basis to complain. But a team that has the exact same amount of losses in a very tough conference, they challenge themselves yep. in the non-conference against LSU, wouldn't make any sense, especially when their loss was one possession on the road against Michigan and then an overtime loss against number two in the country. And on the Penn State side, what you'd have is a conference champion that beat out Ohio State and Michigan in the very same division, Michigan with one more, exactly. one full more loss in conference. And then the... Wolverines stay ahead of Penn State even though they beat number six in the country in the last weekend of the season would be absolutely baffled and I think you'd see a real backlash against the college football playoff committee maybe only mitigated by the fact that two blue bloods get into the playoff and as we know brands money those types of things do talk yep I agree absolutely 100 percent and you know just I don't necessarily want to get into a debate about this, but I think you saw that brands, money, fan base, um, you know, in my opinion, played a factor last year with TCU being left out. Yeah, two years ago. Yep. Um, absolutely. Or two years ago. Excuse me. Excuse absolutely. Me, yeah. I agree. So, um, and honestly, if that is something that had, that's going to carry some weight this year, you know, even more of a reason for a Penn State or a Wisconsin to really get a good look because, you know, you're talking about, two of the largest alumni bases in the sure. country, you know, that are going to fork up the money to come to the game. They're going to tune in on TV. I mean, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's some of its business too. So we'll see. I hear you. We'll see. I'd, I'd rather it be about what's going on on the field, but you, you definitely do think about stuff like that. Yep. No, it's good stuff, Rye. Any other last minute thoughts? No, my, my thoughts are, I think I, I think I dictated it fairly well. Um, but I think we're going to see, um, you know, it'll be interesting championship week. I think we're going to definitely see a shuffle in the top four, including potentially with Ohio State. You know, they're not playing. Don't be surprised if they slip to three. Four would be a stretch for me, but, you know. Yep. And, again, it, it's the 2-3 game that's, you know, it's not really going to matter. It doesn't be, matter, you know, yeah. Do they wear their home uniform or whatever? But, um, you know, it's 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 going to be interesting to see. And uh, it'll be very interesting to, to talk afterwards and see what the committee 
uh, decides on. So, yep. are you going to Indy? That's my question. I will. I got a couple texts about that as well from the listeners. Yes, I will be in Indianapolis this weekend in the 200 level of Lucas Oil Stadium. Very excited to be there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I wish you safe travels out there, my man. Love the analysis as always. And I am, I got to say, I'm excited for Saturday. I might even be more excited for Sunday at noon. There you ESPN. go. That's right, my man. Good to talk to you as always. You too, Bob. I'm on my way to a Thompson Square concert. I'm about to walk in. So Good for I will, you. I will catch you on the flip-flop. All right. Enjoy. Thanks. See you later. See ya. There you go. It's Ryan calling in from Harrisburg. Great to talk to and hear from him. And I'm glad he brought up because one last time he brought up TCU and he brought up 2014. That's where the committee made a decision to put Ohio State in over a TCU team that was number three the week before and dropped all the way to number six. And it was a decision made he mentioned brands, money, fan base. I do think that was a portion of it. I really do. I also believe it was because the committee didn't have a spine, and I think we'll find out whether they do this year. They didn't have a spine because they didn't have a decision to make all year. Alabama, Oregon, easy one-two picks that year. Florida State, undefeated. Of course they're going to be in at three, even though they really struggled at times, should have lost to Boston College, really just did not have a great season, and then it showed in the playoffs. But, again, they're in there. So three easy decisions. They have one difficult decision to make, and what do they do? They punt. They punt on the decision and say that because there isn't a one true champion in the Big 12, Ohio State's going to jump all the way to number four, and Florida State moved from four to three that week. So TCU drops three to six, and why? Because they didn't win the conference championship. Hmm, what did you think was going to happen? I know you're not supposed to look ahead, but come on now. TCU's got Iowa State the next week. Baylor has Kansas State. What about their efforts? A 21-point win by Baylor. A 52-point win by TCU. What about that changed the opinion of the voters? What about that launches Ohio State forward that many spots? It was a spineless decision. They had one decision to make, and they couldn't even make it. They washed their hands. They punted. It was embarrassing, but now it's par for the course for this committee. We'll see what happens this year. The handicapping of this week's games mentioned Washington minus seven. They play Colorado Friday at nine o'clock. I don't see that one going Colorado's way. I may even if I had money on the line bet Washington. Not taking the points on a Colorado team that I don't trust. Oklahoma minus 12 against Oklahoma State. I think I'd take the points on that one, but I think Oklahoma will win that game. That's a Saturday 12-30 start. They really have that slot all to themselves. Not a bad decision from the Big 12, and they've done that in the past. Alabama, 24-point favorites against Florida. You know, Maybe I'd take the points there, but not that it really matters for any issue whatsoever. I mean, you have a, an Alabama team that will be in win or lose to the college football playoff, and they deserve to be so.
Clemson, 10-point favorites, Saturday, 8 o'clock p.m. against Virginia Tech. I think that'll be a tough one for Virginia Tech to win. It just depends on what Clemson team we see. They really don't show up at all times, but this is a game they're going to need to show up for. And do they come out in the first half swinging like they should, or do they fall into a, a lull? Do they fall asleep? And I think that's really going to be the big issue in that game. And then Wisconsin, two-and-a-half-point favorites against Penn State. Again, I take the points, and I take Penn State outright to win that football game. I think the key is Saquon Barkley, and if he's able to really be healthy, really be shifty enough. Uh, and if that's going to be the difference, you know, it's going to be starting from the lines. The offensive and defensive line, who wins that battle? Corey Clement, the running back for Wisconsin, Saquon Barkley for Penn State. And then can Trace McSorley take the top off the defense? Bart Houston starting this week. It looks like Alex Hornibrook has been in and out of the lineup. You know, they still have issues at quarterback, and an injury doesn't help. So I think that Penn State has the clear advantage at the quarterback position. So with a loss from Washington, I truly believe that Penn State or Wisconsin would move ahead of Michigan. I think they have to for all the reasons we've talked about all show long. Same amount of losses as Michigan, a conference championship instead. In the Penn State case, they won the division that Michigan was in by one full conference game. If Michigan wanted to be treated and move forward into the college football playoff, doesn't matter. It did not matter at all what happened at the horseshoe. If they had beaten Iowa, we wouldn't be having this conversation and they would be fully deserving. But Iowa beat them a week after Penn State beat them by 27 points. So for the people that are saying no way Penn State gets in, no way Wisconsin gets in because there's not going to be three teams in from the Big Ten, I agree with you. But it's because Michigan gets jumped by the winner of this game. It's the way it has to be. If not, Boy, college football has some soul-searching to do. What is the value of a conference championship? I don't think it's enough to exclude or overcome one full loss like you're seeing with Ohio State. That's why they're number two and will remain in the top four. But is it enough to push someone over in a tie-break scenario when you pretty much have the same amount of wins? Yes, I get the head-to-head, like we mentioned, between Penn State and Michigan. I get that. I get that. I can point to a lot of other examples to show you why Penn State's playing a lot better football right now. And while that doesn't absolve the losses, that's fine. They shouldn't be. Just the way Michigan doesn't get absolved for the Iowa win and they don't get gift-wrapped anything for the way they played Ohio State. An anemic offensive team last week that they gave the game to. No sympathy here. No absolution. Michigan, Penn State, similar resumes. Flaws on both of them, without a doubt. That's why they have two losses in 12 games played. And in another year, you wouldn't see a two-loss team in the college football playoff. And if the three teams win this weekend, Washington, Clemson, Bama, you still won't. But it's the closest it's ever been. So don't tell me that there's no way that Michigan can't be passed by Penn State. Don't tell me that the 39-point win when Penn State had six defensive players out of the game is the be-all, end-all, because I can tell you three things right off Michigan's resume that are flawed, too. So what do you wrap that up together? Penn State wins the conference. If that's the way it goes, they got to get in. Wisconsin, if they win the conference, they'll have a win over a top-seven team. They'll have a win over another top-25 team in LSU. 
They'll have two losses to two of the top ten teams in the country, both by one possession, one on the road against Michigan, one at home in overtime against Ohio State. That's a deserving resume. A Wisconsin win and a loss by Washington or Clemson gets them into the college football playoff period. Michigan gets jumped. But that's the thought here. That's the thought from this chair this evening. Final few minutes. 215-622-7239. Number to call. And we've had great calls so far. Enjoyed the call from Tyler. Enjoyed the call from Kevin. And certainly enjoyed the call from Ryan as well. Thanks for him to take in a, a few minutes before he went into the concert. Uh, appreciate him listening into the car on the way there. And you can download our podcasts from BobLongSports.com. You can also follow us on iTunes, on SoundCloud. That's Bob Long Sports. Follow us on Twitter at well as well, at Bob Long Sports. And the other thing we'll announce at this point here tonight, very, very exciting, our partnership with LaSalle College High School continues on through the fall and into the winter as basketball season is about to arrive, as well as hockey. And on Monday night, December the 5th, McGurk's Pub in Fort Washington, Pennsylvania will have head coach Joe Dempsey of the LaSalle College High School Explorer Basketball Program. Coach Dempsey and some of his players. You can come out live, meet us, meet the team. It'll be a great time, and you can also listen live on Bob Long Sports, this very radio show player. And if you're listening on podcast, you can look up and to your right on the BLS website and that link will take you right to our Ustream page. So we're excited to be there for that, and uh, that's next Monday night, December the 5th at 7 o'clock, so tune in for that. So the top 10 as it is right now, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Washington, 1, 2, 3, 4, 12 and 0, 11 and 1, 11 and 1, and 11 and 1. Three wins, as I've mentioned, I think gets those four teams into the playoff with Ohio State remaining idle. I mentioned... Somewhat in jest, somewhat still in frustration, two years running here. If TCU can drop three spots on the final weekend from three to six, I guess technically four, right? From three to six on the last weekend, after winning by 52 points, why can't Ohio State drop three spots while being idle? In a vacuum, that does raise the hairs on the back of your neck, doesn't it? But I just don't see it happening this year couple reasons. Ohio State's a blue blood. TCU at that point was not. Uh, the committee has in their hands an easy decision. They're going to stick with that easy decision. Back in 2014, moving Ohio State up and moving TCU back four spots was the way to absolve themselves and take themselves out of any decision-making process whatsoever. They punted. They punted on the one decision they had to make that year. This is a decision made for them. That's the difference. I don't think Ohio State drops more than one spot. And again, two versus three, what's it matter? But Clemson, I think, could jump them. Michigan, I think they're just about out. Now, do they block Colorado? I don't know. I think that's the coin flip there. What's the value of the conference championship for Colorado to jump four spots versus the head-to-head to Michigan? In theory, it's really the same thing as Penn State, but Colorado really doesn't have that same quality of resume, quality of wins that you see with Penn State. So that can really be the difference there. Does Michigan block Colorado? I don't know the answer to that. 
Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, does Oklahoma State get treated as a one-loss team because Central Michigan really shouldn't have put the final play out? I haven't mentioned this all show. I almost can't believe it. But Kirby Hocutt said that he understands that Oklahoma State is 9-2, and two, but understands what happens against Central Michigan. To that I say, Central Michigan should not be within or shouldn't, shouldn't be within a possession on the final play of the game. I mean, Central Michigan is not a good football team. And if you're a national championship contender, you shouldn't be playing them as such. But Kirby Hopecutt, this is the point I'm getting to here, came out and said, no, it doesn't matter your margin of victory at all, period. So that opens up an entire can of worms, one, because it's ridiculous, and two, because now you start to go counter to everything that's putting Michigan and some of these other programs up near the top, right? So Ohio State, okay, the margin of victory doesn't matter. So a one-point win where they sleptwalked through a game against Michigan State, that doesn't matter when the very next week Penn State goes and beat them by 32 points. And if that's what you're saying, then Penn State losing by 39 against Michigan, well, you know, is that a 39-point win for Michigan or a one-point loss for Penn State? I don't know. You tell me, Kirby. Is that Central Michigan win the same as uh, if, if they were to have beaten Michigan? Sorry, Central Michigan. If Oklahoma State were to have beaten Central Michigan by 60 points, is that the same as if you kind of consider them a 10-1 and team instead of 9-2? and Eleven and one if they're to beat Oklahoma, where does that put them into the discussion? And does it really not matter the veracity by which Penn State beats Wisconsin, Wisconsin beats Penn State, or Colorado beats Washington in their last stab to move up a few spots into the top four? I mean, how do you get off saying that margin of victory doesn't matter? What's the difference between margin of victory and the eye test at the end of the day? They talk about the eye test all the time. But margin of victory doesn't matter. Hmm. Yeah, they're different. I get it. But marginally so, at best. And that was another point of Kirby Hocutt that I just do not understand. And again, I think the committee got it pretty much right this week. But their commentary led me to believe that they're in a place that doesn't make any sense moving forward. Taking two hours for Washington versus Michigan. What are you taking so long for? There's another full loss. Michigan gave the game away. Washington, with a win, will be Pac-12 champions. But saying that they're right there, as I led the show with, makes me believe that there's still a question if Washington beats Colorado. Because now you have that like-minded opponent. Wow, Washington only beat Colorado by two points. Hmm. Well, they were favored by 10 in Vegas. We expected them to win by more than a possession. So let's see. There was a razor-thin margin behind for Michigan behind Washington. Let's reevaluate. Michigan beat Colorado by 17, Washington by two. Hmm. Do conference championships matter? Hmm. Let's see. Magic 8-Ball says, ask again later. So do they put Michigan ahead of Washington at that point? It's all questions that are only here because of the commentary that Kirby Hocutt spoke on behalf of the committee. It's embarrassing again, but they have a chance to make it all right 
on Sunday at noon. Thanks for tuning in tonight, folks. Really appreciated all the commentary on text, on calls. Really enjoyed going through this with you. And we'll watch the games tomorrow on Saturday. You can follow us on Twitter. I'll be live from Indianapolis as Penn State takes on Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game. And then on Monday night, we're live again from McGurk's Pub in Fort Washington for the LaSalle Basketball Tip-Off Show with head coach Joe Dempsey. Joe Dempsey and the team will be there. So hope you folks can make it out live. If not, listen in. The LaSalle Basketball Tip-Off Show with Joe Dempsey. Live on Monday at 7. Enjoy the games this weekend, folks.